Welcome to The Weekend Booktopian, our podcast about all things book news and the books that we are reading and enjoying. I'm Nick Wasiliev, Booktopia's social media specialist, and I'm joined today by our senior content producer, editor of the Booktopian blog, and fellow Weekend Booktopian host, Olivia Frico. Hello, Liv. Hi, Nick. Our kids and YA category manager, Sarah McDooling. Hello, Sarah. Hello. And back by ever-growing popular demand from our <laughs> listeners, the host of the wonderful Words and Nerds podcast um, over the interwaves. Hello, Danny V. How are you, Danny? Hello. I'm so happy to be here with you guys. And Sarah, we haven't done this before Yay. on this Booktopia Zoom, so this is pretty special. I specifically requested if I could be <laughs> in with you for the next Weekend Booktopian. Yes. My heart is swelling. <laughs> this, this, is, this has been the culmination of about two, or th- like two, about two months ago after the last, we did like our last scheduling for the Weekend Booktopian. Sarah comes up and says, I want to be with her, please. <laughs> I do. I want to be with you, Danny. <laughs> it's a Booktopian love story. <laughs> Um, So as with all episodes, we'll be kicking off by diving into the world of book news and then we'll be discussing the books that we have been reading and enjoying and then stick around to the end where my guests will once again go head to head in a battle for book supremacy that we like to call Book Fight. So making news firstly, uh, the Dublin International Literacy Prize uh, winner was recently announced. Uh, with I hope I'm going to pronounce her name right, Valerie Lucelli winning the uh, winning the uh, $100,000 prize. Liv, what can you tell us about this? Um, yeah, so she's a Mexican author, Valeria Lucelli, and she's won it for her novel Lost Children Archive, um, which I believe tells the story of one New York family's road trip to the Mexican border uh, that's interspersed with stories of children come, trying to come from Mexico back up in the opposite way and the ways in which their stories intersect. So it's a novel about migration and privilege and, you know, all of those fun things that literary fiction loves to dive into. Um, but this book's been long-listed for, and shortlisted for about a million prizes, um, <laughs> including the, in, the Booker Prize, I believe, and the Women's Prize for Fiction. Yeah, the 2019 Booker Prize and w- Women's Prize for Fiction. Um, and uh, Valeria's come on top with Lost Children Archive for the Dublin Literary Prize, um, this is, I believe, the richest literary prize in the world. Yeah. It clocks in at about $157,000. Yes, that's right. Wow. In Australian. Wow. Yeah. Yes. This is a big deal. Uh, past winners have included Anna Burns, who won for Milkman, um, and Emily Ruskovich, who won for Idaho, which I've just read, um, <laughs> which I thought was also very good. And this year she was up against – Valeria was up against Bernadine Evaristo for Girl, Woman, Other – uh, Colson Whitehead's The Nickel Boys, uh, which I love. I love both those books, and I haven't yet read this one, but she was also up against Ocean Vuong for On Earth We're Briefly Gorgeous. Um, I understand that the the books for this prize are nominated by libraries from around the world, which oh, is really, really cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and I think that there was a library in Spain, possibly Spain, um, that nominated this book. So she uh, Valeria was um, kindly sh- gave them a shout-out in her acceptance speech. <laughs> But this is a big deal, this award. Like, yeah. That is a big prize. $150,000. I had a look at this book today. Yeah, I had a look at this book today and it is definitely one of those books where you think, I have to read that this year. You know, if there's one of those books I need to read, that needs to be it. Mm. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And what I also like about it is that this book came out like a couple of years ago. Yeah. Like it's not always the 
books that are up for the Booker or the Women's Prize or, you know, whatever. It's it's like books that have that long range or longer range, you know. So I like that it extends the shelf life of a new book. It sounds like a book that a lot of our literary buffs here at the office would absolutely eat up. Well, when it wins a prize like that, curiosity yeah, kicks it does. in and you yeah. want to know, like... You just want to know. Have you read it? Has any? Uh, did anyone no. in the office read it? No. no. Yeah. The, the reason that I wanted to read Idaho was because it won this prize, and I was like, oh. "This is a big deal. Like that book must be good." And that book is really good. Um, mm. I was a little disappointed by the ending, but just most of it was like ninety-nine percent of it I loved. Mm. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Congratulations to Valerie um, for picking up that prize good on you and i cannot wait to see what happens next and we have to absolutely have to check out that novel what was the name of it again lost children archive lost children archive um and so the other big news that has uh, been circling around planet books uh over the last uh, week or so was the announcement of the cwa shortlists um and there's a particular name in there that is of interest to australian book crime uh buffs with Michael Robotham uh, being shortlisted for the Steel Dagger, Sarah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna throw to you for this one because I know that you have some thoughts on some of these shortlists, don't you? Because it's a Robo. Yeah. I love Robo. <laughs> I really, really, really am hoping that he wins this Steel Dagger. He is, I believe, a twice-time winner of the Gold Dagger. He won it last year. Yeah. So would this be? I should have looked this up before the podcast, but. The Steel Dagger is for thrillers, just for anyone who doesn't know, and the Gold Dagger is best overall crime novel. This may be, if he wins this Steel Dagger, would this be the first time he's won for the the thrillers? I should have looked that up. But guess what? You can Google it and find out. But we really, (laughs) (laughs) we really, I, we love Michael Robotham here. I'm a big fan of his books. I've actually just today, by coincidence, received a proof copy of his upcoming book. Yeah. Which I'm really excited to read. Mm. Yeah. And so, yes, we're all, we're all hoping that he wins um, this Steel Dagger. He's up against Robert Galbraith, a.k.a. J.K. Rowling for Troubled Blood. The Nothing Man by Catherine Ryan Howitt, um, The Devil and the Dark Water by Stuart Turton, One by One by Ruth Ware, and We Begin at the End by Chris Whittaker. Oh, wow. So sorry, Ooh, all of those authors. List. We're supporting Robo. <laughs> yeah, that's a great yeah, list. I, I did love Stuart Turton's last book, though. I found that just blew my mind, so I'm interested <laughs> to see what his follow-up is. Well, look, and I'm a Ruth Ware fan. I haven't read One by One, but I do really like – she is an author that I um, do enjoy. So, you know, should she win? (laughs) I wouldn't be upset. upset. (laughs) It's no robo. Yeah. Sorry, Ruth, if you're listening. Sorry, Ruth. No. We love you. We do love you. We love you all. Yes, we do. It's just our our Australian – bias taking over right now yeah <laughs> yeah we, we back michael robotham we do back him um i know you you got the chance to chat to him about when she was good didn't you yes i did mm. and or, and for many of his books i've been lucky enough one of the perks of this job is that when we are lucky enough to um get a visit from michael robotham <laughs> i am usually able to elbow my way into the podcast <laughs> um and I'm hoping to do that again for the upcoming book. So, yeah, 
He's, he's How does a- that mean I'm in the same calibre for you as Robo? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty yes, much. Absolutely. It's you and Michael Robotham, Danny. Yeah. <laughs> like, seriously, the best compliment anyone's ever given me. <laughs> you've, had, you've had Robo on, on Words and Nerds before, haven't you, though? I have not. I have oh. not. I think I, I think I should. Well, maybe for this new one. Like a bit yeah. of a tragedy. Yeah, if yeah. not, why not? That's a... Well, so, that is... That is the question, really. <laughs> Michael, if you're listening to this podcast, um, Danny would really love you to come on Words and Nerds and uh, chat. Oh, Danny's about to stalk you. So. <laughs> Brace yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, so everyone, be sure to keep an eye out uh, for the CWA shortlist. And when will those winners – do you know when those winners will be announced, Sarah? No, I'm a real failure in this capacity. <laughs> I don't I, – I forget when the announcement is. I just care who wins when it happens. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. But, I mean, earlier this year they announced the Diamond Dagger for this year, which yes, was they did. Martina Cole. I think that, that announcement comes ahead of the shortlist announcement. God, there were so many good crime books in the last year, wasn't there? Yeah. And look, Upcoming. And Upcoming. Sorry, yes, stand correct as well. And Upcoming. It's weird, though, because my, my crime reading has gone very Australian. So um, <laughs> it used to be that when the CWA shortlists were announced, I would have read all those crime books. But... um. I, I tend to read more and more Australian crime. So, yeah, anyway. but there's so many, so many good crime novels that are Australian at the moment. Like there are so many, so many to choose from. Yeah. Yeah, there are. Um, thank you very much, Sarah, for that. And uh, be sure to keep an eye out for the winners of the CWA uh, shortlist. So now uh, we will move on to the second part of the podcast where we talk about the books that we are reading and enjoying. And I'm going to throw to you first, Olivia, because I am really excited to hear what you have about the book that you're going to talk about. <laughs> um, I have two books that I want to talk about. Um, I've been a very slack reader lately. I've been beset <laughs> with uni work and I'm literally in the last week of like, before I hand in my dissertation. So it's been a lot of like Henry James and Elizabeth Bowen, but I have managed to read some books for fun or well, work fun. Um, <laughs> and the first book that I want to talk about today is Once There Were Wolves, uh, which is the upcoming novel from Charlotte McConaughey. Uh, Charlotte wrote a book called Migrations, which was first published as The Last Migration. Um, and it's a book that I think is perfect for fans of Emily St. John Mendel, who, I mean, I don't know if anyone remembers, but I remember. Everyone, <laughs> everyone at Booktopia basically loves Emily St. John Mandel. So when she gives a recommendation, you sit up and listen. Uh, so Charlotte is again taking a stab at literary cli-fi, so climate fiction, uh, telling the story of a woman named Inti Flynn, who's in charge of a rewilding project in rural Scotland uh, with her depressive twin sister Aggie in tow. And the project involves introducing wolves back to the natural landscape of Scotland so that they can cull the deer population, which is overgrazing and upsetting the natural biodiversity. Uh, but the project runs in pretty harsh opposition from the local farmers and townspeople uh, who fear that the wolves may pose a threat to not only livestock, but the actual townspeople. And when a farmer turns up dead, Inti finds herself struggling to prove that it actually wasn't one of the wolves. Uh, but the alternative uh, that a person could have actually killed this farmer is almost worse. Um, this sounds like a crime fiction novel, uh, and there are elements of crime fic to it, but it is more literary, I will say. It's a lyrical and kind of disturbing novel that goes into the nature of violence, uh, particularly against women, though not exclusively, um, and also how a human being can be capable of such violence, and it then contrasts that to the animal instincts of the wolf in a way that's like really poignant. Like, you get a really good reflection on human and animal nature and, like, which one is, you know, better or worse. Well, not better or worse, but it's, it's very complex. 
Um, Inti herself is an incredible character. Uh, she's kind of hot-headed and a bit of a loner, apart from her fierce connection with Aggie, her twin. Um, she's passionate in her love for the wolves and the environment, and the clash of that love with the cruel reality of human nature and the real world is a bit of a struggle for her. Uh, she also has mirror touch synesthesia, which is when she mm. can feel physical sensations that other people are feeling if she observes it. So like if someone cuts themselves on a knife and she sees it happen, uh, she feels that. Oh, no. Which... I love that. Oh, yeah. What a cool thing. I've never heard of that. I love it in a book. I know. Yeah. It's a rare and actually a very real condition. But it's very, wow. like, very misunderstood. Not many people are specialists in it. And, um, yeah, as I said, it presents some really interesting complications for Inti in the book because, you know, she has to, you know, shoot tranquilizer darts and, like, maybe put mm. animals out of their misery and mm. just... And also, like, combined with the more violent a- aspects of the novel, it's just, it's such a, like, it's not on the blurb or anything, but, like, the very first page, it's kind of woven into the story in this really visceral way. Um, what I also loved about this book is it tells this incredible love story between the wolves themselves and then also between Inti and her wolves. Uh, humans have also always had that kind of mythical romantic attachment to wolves, like romantic capital R, not love romance. Um, and this novel really leans into that and examines it with critical eyes. Uh, they're fascinating animals and I actually learnt a lot about them. Uh, so read this book if you want more wolf facts. Um, I thought Migrations was a hugely underrated novel that didn't get anywhere near the level of like prize attention that I thought it deserved. Um, so I hope to see lots of people picking up Once There Were Wolves and it comes out on August 3rd. That sounds well, you had, amazing. You, you, you had me at that weird condition. I'm, I'm yeah. down. You had me at... The author name, actually, because I just read, the, <laughs> I mean, sorry, Migrations, but my copy is still called The Last Migration. Mm. I think The Last Migration is I a think, better title, I and I hate migration. that we had to Americanize it. But Yeah. yeah. She, she's I, been getting a lot of attention recently, has, hasn't she? She's, like, on her more way. More overseas. Yeah, she's here. been getting more, uh, like, she, in America, like, Migrations has mm. been really tracking along. Hasn't it been picked up for a potential adaptation? Yeah, I think... Actually, Claire Foy is yeah, starring. Yeah, like it's a big, it's yeah. a, it's going to become a big deal. So yeah. like, yeah. But Sarah, I really, once there are wolves. I what? really enjoyed the last, sorry, Migration. I'm, ne- I'm never going to remember it, call it the new <laughs> title. I really enjoyed Migrations and um, I'm I'm interested to read this one. Yeah, I think you you in particular will really love this. Oh, well, and also wolves are amazing. They're second to dragons as my, <laughs> as my favourite animal. <laughs> I have this argument all the time. People are like, would you rather be a vampire or a werewolf? And I'm like, I think a werewolf. Because you, mm. be, you wouldn't be dead. Yeah, that's like – also, to... I don't like to have to drink blood. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> these are the, these are the fascinating the questions. Are cool. <laughs> vampires are cool, but I don't know if I could commit to a life of being undead. You've got immortality, okay. but you are dead. Yeah. yeah well, I'm you're... committing to that, guys. I'm committing to it. <laughs> okay. So, Danny, you're a vampire. The, the only yeah, choices sure. are werewolf and vampire? Yep. Yeah. Hmm. I just want to wear a long black leather coat. <laughs> you can do that anytime. You don't need to be a vampire to wear a long black leather coat. <laughs> I think I'm going to join you on the vampire side, Danny, because I just want to be with you. And like, <laughs> it's the romance story continues. <laughs> now it's a vampire romance story. Are we we're like we're skirting around Twilight right now with all of the references. <laughs> I like the idea of living forever. So really, they've got me over onto the vampire side because of the immortality. This is such a digression. <laughs> I was thinking more of Lost Boys, you know, the 80s oh, film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's where my head was at. Sutherland, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Speaking of blood, <laughs> this what's your next book? Segway. My next book's a bit bloody. Um, so the next book that I want to talk about is The Poppy War by R.F. Kwan. Uh, my old flatmate Lizzie has been begging me to read the Poppy War trilogy for about a year now. I gave it to her for Christmas a year ago and the, the entire year she's like, have you read it yet? Have you read it yet? Here it is. Read it. Like I'm right up opposite you. You can't escape me. You're going to read this book. I'm like, okay. We've since like moved out of like the apartment we were in. We're not even living together anymore. And I finally picked up the audiobook of this and I told her and she's like, oh Lord, prepare yourself. And <laughs> oh my God, what a ride. Um, <laughs> So the Poppy War is based is loosely, loosely based on the Second Sino-Japanese War um, in the fictional land of Nikara, which is a large nation split up into 12 provinces that is constantly at war with their neighbouring island of Mugen. Um, and they're meant to represent China and Japan, very loosely. Yeah. Um, our protagonist is Fang Runin, a dark-skinned war orphan from the poor rooster province of the south, uh, who gains entry into this elite military academy called Sinigard. And so while she's battling with her lack of privilege amongst her rich schoolmates, uh, she discovers that she has shamanic abilities um, and has caught the interest of the vengeful phoenix fire god. Um, to call upon the gods in this world basically means that you're walking a thin line between using immense power and also succumbing to madness, uh, which most shamans in this world eventually do. Um, Rina's originally being taught to tame and suppress this power by her eccentric master, uh, but she secretly wants to harness it and fight for her country. But then a third war, well, they're called Poppy Wars in this series, so a third Poppy War breaks out and Rin is sent to the front lines uh, where she's faced with the realisation that if she embraces this firepower from the Phoenix, she might actually lose her humanity altogether. Mm. So Arif Kwang wrote this book with the intriguing premise, what if Mao Zedong was a teenage girl? Um, and Whoa. It's a, yeah. <laughs> and it's a really interesting exploration of how someone poor and lowly can gain immense power and what actually happens when they do. So Rina's not your average heroine. I would say she's very much an anti-heroine by the end. Uh, she's hungry for power, which she's been deprived of her entire life. And once she gets a taste of it, she just struggles to know how best to use it. And so what unfolds is a really compelling examination of power and how nationalism shapes our thoughts and our actions. Um, I do have to say that if graphic violence and war scenes are a trigger for you, definitely give this a miss. There are some really quite graphic scenes later on in the novel when the war has set in that I found myself actually skipping through partly because they were just really upsetting to read and to listen to. Mm. Um, it's not done just to be shocking. Like, as I said, this book is based loosely on the Second Sino-Japanese War um, in which the Nanjing Massacre of 1937 occurred. And Kuang bases many elements of the story on this war and that massacre. Um, so just keep that in mind. Chapter 21 is a bit... Rough. It's a bit gory. It's, it's very rough. rough. It's rough. Like, yeah. I, ne I needed to turn it off after that. I was like, oh, my God. Um, so The Poppy War is not your straightforward good versus evil fantasy novel. It's very dark and very complex and even confronting. Uh, but it's also really interesting. I'm not sure I'm ready to move on to book two just yet. <laughs> but I am really glad that I've read it. Mm. And this author is just doing some really interesting things. Whoa. Yeah. Sarah, I need you to read this so I can Yeah, I'm really interested in this because mm. it reminded me of, like, I don't know if any of you have read the Kirsten White trilogy, the Anai Darkin trilogy, which asked the question, what if Vlad the Impaler, who inspired the Dracula myth, was a teenage girl? So, like, I'm into this, I'm into this idea of just mm. taking people and asking 
okay, what if they were a teenage girl? Throwing out the hypothetical. Go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm still sitting here thinking about it and, like, just certain parts of it and the character dynamics. It's very rich. Like, a lot of the characters are very, like, incredibly drawn. And then it's just, it's got every trigger warning under the sun. Mm. So just go into it with that awareness. Okay. But I do, def- I do recommend it. Wow. See, that's all the books I've got to talk about this week. Wolves and Sounds amazing. Wolves Great. and War. Great that's recommendations. Love those. Those are amazing. Yeah. Wow. Um, we'll now move on across the airwaves to Danny, who never fails to deliver us a fantastic list of books that she has been enjoying. <laughs> and I am so excited to <laughs> this see is true. what I you've been reading. break the rule. Every time I remember you were saying, I'll just choose one or two books, and I came with eight. Yeah, (laughs) you're really succinct when you're talking about them. It's not like you spend like 10 minutes per book. I just, I just like let her off the leash, go. I want to hear everything. That's that's exactly, it's exactly like that. So let's let me off the leash. Guess what? I have eight books with my new number. And then I was looking at this list when I was compiling it of the things I've read since we last spoke, and wow, there's a lot of crime. So just brace yes. yourself. For We're going very there's dark with our crime. recommendations this week. I know. Actually, I've got I've got some kid lit as well, so I'll oh, balance nice. that out. But let's let's do crime first. The first one, Paul Cleese, whatever it takes. I know we've got a new one called The Quiet People Out. I've yet to get my hands on it. There's a bit of an issue, I think, with distribution in Australia at the moment. Um, but Jack Heath sent me this book. He posted me this book and said, you're going to love this. And so I thought, all right, bring it. So I read it and I did love it. So he was absolutely right. Um, I just found his writing clean, uncluttered. I loved the style, great imagery, wonderful characters. And it was one of those books that you sit down and you read and you don't get up until you finish it. So I'm a big uh, Paul Klee fan now. I'm sort of a bit ashamed I haven't read any of his stuff before, to be honest. Um, you know, you call yourself a crime lover and you haven't read Paul Cleave, so... Um, no, but neither have I. Wow. Now, I'm going to do a Jack Heath. I'm going to send you this book and go, you're going to love this book. Ooh. And we'll keep laughing it off. <laughs> but, uh, yes, yeah, so I'm going to go. I'm getting a bit Paul Cleave obsessed now. And I'm going to go back to his back catalogue and just read everything until I finally get the quiet people in my hands. So that is the number one. The second one, uh, this isn't out yet, at 1st of June. But Nancy Business, have you guys got your hands on that yet? R.W.R. McDonald? No, no, but I remember he was he came oh. onto the blog for the first book and answered uh, 10 terrifying questions or something. Yes, we have. Like, we have had him on the blog. Adorable. We have had him on the blog yeah. about this book, yeah. I love Rob and Nancy Business, such a great follow-up. I just love everything about it. I love the colours of the, you know, the book. Mm. But I also love how he sort of, he does the crime, but it's, it's light-hearted crime, you know. It's from the perspective of, you know, a young girl and she's got these beautiful uncles and, you know, this great family. And so I just love it. And it's so funny. But he balances it really well because I think by chapter three, I laughed out loud about, you know, 10 times. But then... <laughs> awful thing happens and you're like oh my goodness like here I am laughing and then you know this terrible thing is happening in chapter three so I just feel like he, he balances that edge of his seat drama with his such natural beautiful humor and um I do love New Zealand so I do like how it's set in New Zealand because it takes me back to my you know backpacker days when I was going around <laughs> New Zealand and uh, probably having a bit too much fun but you yeah, know it, it takes me back so Nancy Business get your hands on that when it's out next month early next month Oh, yeah. uh, number three, see how quick I am, number three. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> Catherine Firkin, The Girl Remains. 
I really love speaking to Catherine because I just love her crime background in journalism. And I, I feel like she's always such a joy to speak to about, you know, because she's got so much real life experience and then how she puts that into her book. And it was really interesting talking to her because she said the first book she wrote was really, really dark because she had to get all that dark stuff out of her head that she had, you know, seen and witnessed and written about being a journalist. And then she thought, no one's going to read this. This is terrible. And then, but once she got the darkness out, she was then able to write, you know, her two novels. And The Girl Remains um, is, is the second one of hers. And it's just such a great suspenseful read. So I highly recommend that as well. And to keep on with this crime theme, I, was, oh, I didn't even realise until I got to the end of this. Oh, just going one genre this time. Oh, well. I love this. <laughs> It's a crime podcast with uh, with us also talking about these the, the steel daggers and Robo. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So I hope listeners you like a bit of crime in your life. Um, so the Silent Listener by Lynn Yowett. Um, I really like this exploration of violence, and I I like it when I pick up a book and I haven't got any expectations about it because Lynn reached out to me. I was like, yeah, I'd love to read your book, and I love not reading the blurb or reading anything about it when I pick it up. And when I read it, I mean, her writing debut author is fantastic very literary and I really like the exploration of, of violence and violence in family and how that impacts people so that was a really interesting read so I'm looking forward to speaking to her uh, soon now the last uh, adult book I've got which of course is another crime uh, was The Bone Code by Kathy Wright oh I, yes <laughs> she was fascinating when I spoke to her it's like when you speak to Kathy Wright you sit there and go so what have I been doing with my entire life <laughs> She's so fascinating, isn't she? Oh she's a bit of a legend. Goodness. Yeah. Oh, so she's an author. She's also a professor. So she's actually Dr. Wright. And she's also, the, she was the producer of Bones. You know that uh, Fox TV show? It's like one of the longest running TV shows ever. Mm. And she was producer of that. And I just thought, oh my God, like what can you not do, lady? <laughs> so I was very impressed. And after I finished being impressed, I was like, Danny, what have you been doing with your life? <laughs> Well, I've squandered it. I've squandered it. Well, this lady has achieved these brilliant things. So anyway, that's just a bit of a side note. But yeah, great book. And I, I really loved how she brought in her, um, you know, her knowledge of science and, and her knowledge of, um, you know, bringing all that in. It made it really realistic. And I just thought there's no way you could be an author and know what she does you know, about bones. You can do your research. But it was just, it felt different. You know, when you read it, it felt like she knows her stuff. She's phenomenal. I'm a big fan. <laughs> Me too. She's such an impressive person. You know how sometimes you interview people, you know, nine times out of ten you can speak and act like a human being, but when I was speaking to her, I just felt like I was. I felt unworthy. You know? Oh, my yeah. gosh. I, okay, I know that we belong together and everything, but I'm like, <laughs> I'm just going to vibe with you on this, Danny, because I, I got to speak to her as well for this book and I was – so nervous. Okay. I was so nervous and, and, and intimidated. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know. I, I was, and I didn't get a copy of the book until very shortly before this um, interview. Mm -hmm. So I powered through it. I was so, so nervous. And I felt just like you, like completely blown away by her achievements and mm. um, her eloquence. And also how amazing she looks for her age. And also <laughs> like, she's just my hero, I feel. Yeah, I felt like doing the Wayne's World thing, you know, I'm not worthy. Not yeah. worthy. It's it's amazing how much that actually happens. If it makes you feel mm. any better, I've, that's happened to me yeah. once or twice as well. Um, with, with any, with any, whenever we have anyone in or if I've met anyone and you're just like, 
wow, I just feel completely like inadequate next to you considering yeah, the amazing like stuff saying, you're I'm achieving. Sorry you had to, I'm sorry you had to speak to me, Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> and she, she's had like, yeah, look, we could talk about Kathy Wrights for a whole other yes. podcast, right? She's an amazing woman. Amazing author. Nick, amazing. I saw a photo of you, Nick. We was it Delta Goodrum? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was actually Delta was Delta. Like actually was because I I have uh, my a lot of my family has musical background, so I was just able to uh-huh. speak to her in music speak. When I met, and that's what I reckon at the Arbia Awards. On the other hand, I was completely <laughs> starstruck. Like I was, I felt like a bumbling so complete idiot he's actually really <laughs> nice to talk to he's super like what yeah. you see is what you get and i was just like yep. eh, 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 eh. <laughs> <laughs> so i completely yeah i, I totally get words. what a word <laughs> we get starstruck we sometimes. get stuck <laughs> yes we do get starstruck it does happen it does happen i know i know and kathy was one of those people but you know i, I got over it and thought there are just some people <laughs> who are like that we can't all be like that she's amazing so mm. yeah check out the bone code then um let's go to something a little bit lighter you know not Death and Gore, uh, three sort of middle grade books. I uh, can't say it went to plan by Gab Tozer. That was just, she's just glorious. Everything she writes is just fun and glorious and it brings you back to your teenage life. You had a bit of a gasp there, Sarah. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to gasping? reading this one, but I haven't read it yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, we went on this giant tangent and just started talking about motherhood. So I don't even know if we Aww. talked about the book, but hey. <laughs> Um, great book and you know everything she writes is just wonderful so that was really enjoyable and then The Golden Tower by Belinda Morell really enjoyed that and I really loved speaking to her as well and I just thought it was a really different a different book with lots of different elements to it and it was just really nice like I think I needed it to break up all the crime I'd just read I don't know what that did to my brain, all that crime this month. (laughs) And um, then I spoke to uh, Remy Lai about Picasso and that is just beautiful and again it was one of those books that I picked up wasn't expecting anything and there are these glorious illustrations in there because it's a graphic novel and the story is just so cute and wholesome which I really needed like I said to balance out all the other stuff and um, it's just a really beautiful book because she's so talented and um, I think when I met her at um, Sydney Writers Festival I went to um, you know the family day and I was just you know I get pretty excited when I see, you know, books and authors in the same place. And so I was getting a bit excited. She was coming on the podcast very soon. And me being me, I'm just like, hi, Remy, how are you? And I think she was like, who is this person? <laughs> and so it was, it was nice to meet her again when I'd sort of, you know, calmed down my, when I've curbed my enthusiasm. And she's just really, really funny. She's got this great sense of humour and, um, you know, it really comes through in that book, the humour and then the wholesomeness. So just have a look at Picasso. It's so beautiful inside. Mm. And look, I'm done. My eight, I'm done. What a great collection of books. Oh, yeah. That was so enjoyable. I could have listened, <laughs> listened to you talk about all the books that you've been reading. Do you want... Do you want 16 next time? <laughs> <laughs> we'll just let you take over this middle section and just like go hell for leather. Hit us with everything. <laughs> Thank you so much, Danny. It's amazing hearing what you're reading every single time. Thank Lastly, you. but certainly not least, we will turn to Sarah, our crime and our YA and our everything spe- uh, specialist. What have you been enjoying? So I have four books. Oh, four books. Wow. Yeah, I can't beat Danny. I can't get to eight. (laughs) I do have four and I had to whittle it down because I've just come back from annual leave. Um, So you've had time to read. I had time to read (laughs) and I had time to read things that weren't because I'm I'm 
I do a lot of crime reading and I do a lot of um, kid reading because of my job, but I read outside of those areas as well. So to give you a teaser, I will be talking about four books. One of them is a romance. One of them is a YA book because I'm still me. And one of them is a crime book because obviously. <laughs> of course. Yeah. And then, and then the third and the fourth one is a historical fiction one. Oh, wow, variety. Right. Yes. Um, yeah, I love that. Yeah, and I probably won't talk about them in that order, <laughs> but, but we'll see. The first one I want to talk about is the romance. And if I start talking any too long about any one of these ones, Nick, just give me a wrap it up sign because <laughs> I, can, I can get really carried away. Um, and I would um, aspire to be as succinct as Danny so I can maybe talk about more <laughs> books next time. Um, but anyway, the first one is this romance book. It's my first ever Christina Lauren book. I have never read Christina Lauren before. I know that they, because they are a writing duo. Um, oh, really? Yeah, it's two women. One one called Christina Someone and the other one called Lauren Someone. And they just write under the name. What? I should have, I should have Googled genius. their full names. I'm sorry I didn't do that. That's genius. But they are a writer duo and they met writing fan fiction. And now they write together under the name Christina Lauren. And they've been a best, together they have been a best-selling romance novelist for like I think coming on 10 years and I've never ever read one of their books yeah me neither I've just found it's Christina Hobbs and Lauren Billings thank you yes so that's Christina Lauren two women and um and you know I've thought of reading they write YA as well as romance and I have thought of reading their YA book before but for whatever reason I didn't get around to it the thing that convinced me to read this book is that I heard the premise of it and I don't know if any of you have watched um, the show Soulmate on uh, Prime or mm-hmm. alternatively the show The One on Netflix, mm-hmm. the premise of which is, of both of these shows, is what if science could tell you who your soulmate is? Like they, if you could use science and DNA to establish the, the person that you would have a happily ever after with, like guaranteed. What if that was a thing that was possible? I've watched both of those shows and they're both quite dark and they, they take that premise and they, they go full black mirror on it <laughs> and, they, um, and, it's, and they're great and I loved it because I love dark black mirror stuff and I do, you know, and the concept of, of love and can it be like, can it be pinned down to a science, a, code, a DNA code or something. Anyway, loved it, loved both those shows. The premise of this book, which is called The Soulmate Equation by Christina Lauren is that a new dating app is about to launch and it is a DNA-based dating app. So you give them a sample of your DNA and using that they will run matches for you and you'll get results. And so imagine like the same concept as Tinder except every match you have would tell you what percentage you have a good genetic match with this person. They also use personality tests. It's not just all genes but the point is they're going to launch this thing and it's going to show you who you should be spending your time with. And and basically like, so say you got a 13% match with someone that's pretty low and that's called a base match. That would still be better than your chances of just walking into a bar, right? Because... Yeah, probably. Yeah. So this is... Everyone's really excited about the app. It hasn't yet launched. Um, the two main characters of the romance are a woman who kind of goes along with her friend and impulsively tries this but isn't that interested. She's a single mom. She's got other stuff on her plate. She's not that interested in really finding her soulmate. But she's got a crazy friend, as people in romance often do, 
And this this friend of hers is actually a great character and, and that's one of the things I liked about this book is that the supporting cast are all, like, really solid, funny, like, well-rounded characters. Um, anyway, for, for just reasons, she goes and takes this test. She matches 98%, which is a diamond match, which is, like, there's only been three diamond matches in the whole study that went into making this app, with the guy who created the app. So that oh, is the, wow. prom- the premise of this moment. The guy who <laughs> created Sounds like the plot of the not. third Bridget Jones movie. <laughs> <laughs> I swear that's a plot point. She, I really enjoyed this one because the, you've got these two people. She is, like, not that interested. He is, um, you know, very sciencey. And then the whole book kind of just explores that idea of can, can a relationship survive when it's under the pressure of a 98% um, – <laughs> match yeah and you know it's a romance so you can probably guess it has a happy ending that's book number one book number two is uh, a ya book yeah it, it kind of reminds me of do you remember oh no maybe you're too young um perfect match and like dexter the robot comes out it's like a you know a much better version of dexter because it's based on dna i really like this it is a cool premise i actually hope christina lauren write more books about this app because i feel like you could do a few versions of it um, if you're worried, if you're thinking you might want, not want to read it because you don't believe that love can be like coded in DNA, don't worry because this book will explore. It that. really it, it explores it really well, and it's really lovely and heartwarming and cute. And um, and now I've read that Christina Lauren book, I may well read more Christina Lauren books, but I have to go <laughs> on to book two. <laughs> so <laughs> book two is a YA book. It is by Adrian Young. And it is the second book in a duology, the first of which was Fable. That was chosen by the Reese Witherspoon Book Club as their YA pick. And when that happened, I was like, I think I should read that. It's about pirates and ships and romance stuff. And then I didn't read it. But now the, <laughs> now the second book, the end of the duology, is coming out. It's called Namesake. And that was the impetus that I needed to read Fable. And I read them back to back. Um, and... This is such a great, fun series. My my pitch, if I'm recommending it to people, is kind of like, what if you took Six of Crows and meshed it up a little bit with Pirates of the Caribbean? So oh, like, stop yes. it. It's like, what, what a mashup. It's oh, so yes. good. And the reason I use those two things are, I mean, first of all, I should say, this is not a book about pirates. They are technically traders, but they oh, yeah. are traders <laughs> in kind of the same way that you could say like a, a crime lord trades. <laughs> in arms and drugs like you know what I mean like these people skirt the edges of the law and um there's like a couple of different like major players in the in the trading ship game and um they're kind of yeah you can imagine that they're a little bit like crime syndicates um traveling the high seas and the main character of this duology is a girl whose father is like a character called saint and he is one of those major players. And before the book starts, he drops her off on what is essentially a prison island. It's just full of thieves and it's a very cutthroat island. And um, he's like, yep, survive that. Like, see your daughter. <laughs> and Seems it's nice. kind of like some epic training or, you know, he, <laughs> d- he doesn't explain his reasons. She just gets abandoned there Most and has to survive. Most people just get driving lessons from their family. Yeah. Some people get <laughs> abandoned on a prison island and it's really cutthroat. She has to um, – she is what is called a dredger and in this world where, you know, in this world of 
piratical traders. Um, your crew has to have all the things that you would expect, like the captain of the ship, the bosun, the um, first mate, the navigator, and the dredger. And the dredger is the one who, like, dives for treasure. And, you know, if there's a problem with the anchor, they would dive down and fix that. They scrape barnacles off the bottom of the ship. They're the diver. And Fable is a, is a dredger, and she's a very good dredger. And she's got a lot of, like, knowledge and training from having grown up on the ship with her father, Saint. And this book kind of just... She she teams up with another crew. They're a bit six of crowy, just in terms of, um, you know, there's a it's, a it's a diverse cast of characters and they've all got their strengths and weaknesses and they may not follow the law, but they have their own moral code and they're all very loyal to each other. And um, It's the pirate code. Yeah, and then <laughs> Adventures on the High Seas. It was so much fun. <laughs> I'm so glad that I had Namesake to read the second I finished Fable <laughs> because I wouldn't have wanted any gap in between those two. Yeah. Um, so I recommend the whole duology, Adrian Young, Fable and Namesake. That's the YA rec. <laughs> Moving on. Um, the historical fiction book that I read is called, and I forget the author's name, I'm just quickly looking at, it's The Mad Woman's Ball by uh, Victoria Maz. I saw this proof arrive and yeah. I was like, this sounds cool. Yeah. And then the proof disappeared. You took it. Oh, I did, but there's others. There's oh. more up there. Yeah, and also I can just give you this one. It's like Hunger Games up there. As soon as the, like a big box of proofs arrives, we all like dive on each other. Yeah, I did take this and I will just pause to say even though this shouldn't matter <laughs> and it's not about the um, insides, it's not about the outsides of the book, it's about the insides of the book. This is a beautiful book though. <laughs> it's a really, it's a beautiful, I saw, I've seen the hardcover now that I obviously read it in proof format in paperback, but the hardcover is gorgeous. It's a really little book. It's only, it's less than 200 pages. You can, I think I read it in probably under two hours um, and it, is not long enough. That is my complaint. I wish <laughs> it was over too quickly and it got me so... So, okay, it's called The Mad Woman's Ball. The premise is it's set in um, an asylum. It's set in like the 1880s in France at the Salpêtrière Hospital, which I've since Googled. I suspected it was a real place when I was reading, but it was such a absorbing kind of fast-paced read that I didn't... Sometimes when I'm reading historical fiction, I will Google to just like be like, is this real? Like, hmm. or is this the, art, the author taking some license? And I didn't do that with this one because it was too short of a read and I was too into it. But after I'd finished it, I started Googling to figure out how much of this was like how many of the characters were actual real people and is this a real hospital? And, and it turns out, yes, real hospital, oldest, maybe not oldest, definitely largest hospital in France. Um, and built in, originally founded in like the 1600s in what was a gunpowder factory. The Salpetriere, I'm sorry, I'm probably mispronouncing that, Salpetriere <laughs> um, Asylum is where this is set. And there is, this was a time when obviously women were, um, it's, it's when hysteria was oh, believed yeah, in. Yeah. And <laughs> so you had all of these doctors, such as one featured in this book, which was... Um, Oh, Dr. Chakou, Dr. Chakou, and he is like a, again, real historical figure um, who is very well known, and I didn't know that much about him before reading this book, and after reading the book, I've since Googled a lot about him, because I'm now obsessed with this, like, I can't tell you, this book needed to be 200 pages longer, minimum, um, 
the, the basic concept is that it's in this asylum there are all these women who, for whatever reason, some, are, some may genuinely have, you know, uh, mental or personal, personality disorders. Like, it would range from people who might have been genuine schizophrenics um, or, or people who had, you know, person, borderline personality disorder or PTSD, things that we now know how to treat um, and recognise. But back then, everyone was just hysterical, including people who might just have really bad PMS or who might be a bit sexually frustrated in their marriage. Um, who Any woman who was having emotions that were a bit perhaps inconvenient for their husbands at the time could have just been committed and, and called hysterical. Shout out to everyone who would have been committed. I would have been committed absolutely 12 times over. Yeah, and the horrible thing was because the, the women had no rights. Like the, if, if they were committed by their family, they were committed and they may never get out. And... Um, mm. And so, and there was a horrible practice at this time where they would display the hysterical women to people so you could oh, calm and like... Wow. always do that. Yeah. Why? And there's like a really famous... So Dr. Chaco had a really famous patient who he put on display to, to people and it's just shocking I'm and horrible. It. <laughs> this is a really... It's a strong feminist read. So it was really stoked the fires of my feminist rage, this book. Um, and... And it made me so fascinated in this time. It also made me realise I want to read more books set in this, like, La Belle Epoque time mm. in, um, you know, in the 1880s through to World War One. Like, I don't read that much, particularly not, I guess, in Europe in that time. Like, and, the, and this is... There are so many women who were in this institution in real life who were so fascinating, like, women who were famous Moulin Rouge dancers or... Oh, sorry, I am getting the signal. <laughs> I'm getting, getting the signal from Nick. I'm probably talking a bit too long about this one. But also, just quickly, there was another woman who was, like, an assistant to Marie Curie. Like, these were um, fascinating women who really suffered at this place. And this book is really interesting. It, it switches perspectives from a few different women at the asylum. It's very good. I highly recommend you read it. It's very short. And when you read it, you'll wish that it was longer. I feel bad for making you have to move on. I'm no, sorry. No, no, I'm, I'm glad that you're giving me the... I told you you should, right? Because I knew that I would get a bit carried away. There's so much to talk about in that book. It's a tiny book but full of such interesting historical detail. Mm. Also, it's about... When you were talking about that, Sarah, I was thinking about The Ripping Tree by Nikki Gamel. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, true, yeah. Yeah, which I should have mentioned, but then it would have been nine. <laughs> but now it is nine. Yay! <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. And also the last thing I'll say about it is it's about to become a movie and oh. it will be on Prime. Wow. And it what? is being directed by Melanie Laurent, who is an actress, <gasps> a French actress. She's from Inglourious Basterds. Exactly. Yeah, yes, that's my is. point yeah. of reference yes. from her as well. Yeah. So she will be directing it. And I'm hoping that because the book feels too short and it's over so quickly and there's not the level of detail that I wish I could get out of it. Like I, I had to go to Wikipedia to like shore up my knowledge on this topic and I would love the movie to kind of give a bit more detail. Anyway, last but not least is a book that I haven't actually finished. I literally started it last night. Wasn't planning on talking about it, but I'm so into it that I have to at least mention it, which is The Housemate by Sarah Bailey. It's um, not coming out, I think, until September, so it's still a ways off. I've been lucky enough to get a proof copy. I started reading it last night. I love Sarah Bailey books mm. so much. She is, for anyone unfamiliar, the author of the Gemma Woodstock trilogy, which is amazing and is amongst one of my favourite crime series of recent years. 
And this is a, a new, separate to Gemma Woodstock, totally like separate book um, called The Housemate, which is, I think she might have been inspired here a little bit by the Amanda Knox story. I don't know oh, yeah. if you're familiar yeah. or not, but the, the basic premise of this one is that there's three housemates. So like a decade ago, or sorry, so there's two timelines. One is 2005, one is 2015. In the 2005 timeline, um, the housemate murders happen and these are like in the 2015 timeline, epic true crime obsession type like uh, tantamount to Azaria Chamberlain level of people Ooh. trying to theorise what happened, right? So people are obsessed with this crime. They want to know every detail about it. Um, the actual crime that happened was that there are three housemates. One of them is murdered. One of them is missing. And the third one is like, you know, suspected of getting of doing away with the other two. But um, in the later timeline, the body of the missing housemate has shown up. Mm. and they are only recently dead. So they've been alive that whole time. So that kind of puts a different complexion on everyone's belief that they knew what happened. So that, so now people are revisiting this crime. It's sort of back open again. The in, investigative journalist who was on it in 2005, whose name, I love this, is Olive Groves. <laughs> <laughs> she goes by Ollie to avoid the conversation about her name. Um, she is back on this case. It's, she's been obsessed with it for a long time. Um, recent events have her back on the case again and she's investigating it alongside a young guy who works at the paper with her who's doing a podcast about this cold case. So you've got this, um, the, you know, this woman who's been on this for 10 years and she's like no nonsense and a bit like, um, you know, hard-boiled or what have you. And then... She has to go and investigate this alongside this super keen, very young podcaster. And I'm loving it. I'm to- I haven't finished yet, but I totally am obsessed with it. And I just had to include it in my poor books. And now I'm finished. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel um, bad. I feel bad because I knew I'm not good at being succinct. I'm really not. I should have I limited I'm really myself. I'm looking forward to that one too. No, I'm really looking forward to that one too. Yeah. Yeah, Sarah Bailey. She's a genius. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, Sarah and Danny and Olivia and everyone for your amazing book recommendations. Before we move on to Book Fight, our last section of the podcast, we actually have a sponsored book this week. Ooh. Are you out of school and feeling sad, depressed, yes. and overwhelmed by the <laughs> yes. chaotic yes. rat race of the Sorry. everyday? <laughs> then I have the book for you. For me? Written by Sydney entrepreneur and mom of two young, al- two young adults, Deborah Drummond. Get Your Act Together aims to help students and young adults transition from school into independence. Research shows students are leaving school feeling overwhelmed and ill-equipped to cope with life's challenges. This guide is full of helpful resources, insights and links. Everything from what's expected of you once you turn 18 to managing money, tips on taxes, getting a job, staying safe, going out, running a home, what have you, setting your goals and values, managing your mental health, plus many more tips. It is our sponsored book for this week, and be sure to check it out down in the description box. Get Your Act Together by Deborah Drummond. 
And I'm 11 years out of high school and I'm just like, give me that book. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if I'm I may... I'm speaking to Kathy Reich, but we all need to get our act together. Yeah, so. we're behind schedule. We should have had two more careers by now. <laughs> That's right. Um, and if That's I may right. do uh, an aggressive segue, uh, it's time for my guests to get their act together. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, with, the quiz that makes, with the quiz that makes bookworms quiver with fear. Maybe, t- mean, maybe we talked about so many Sarah books I, in an effort yeah. to avoid book fights. Yeah, this is. Actually- Sarah and I actually said, yeah, we were going to boycott it, didn't we? So- <laughs> boycott so book fights. Does that mean Sorry. I automatically win? I'm no, <laughs> no book fight this week. Actually, I'm going to say, I'm going to predict that Liv is going to win. I've never no. done a book fight with Liv. I've only done Weekend Booktopian with Liv as the host. Oh, yeah. Also, so yeah, I've never. Thanks for your confidence. Unless thanks. I'm. I appreciate it. Unless I'm. Mis- no, well, no, Danny, I'm a total. Danny, I'll explain it myself. It's not my lack of belief in you. You know, I think you're amazing. It is my fear of live in any competition. <laughs> she is hyper competitive. <laughs> She's pretty, this, pretty is why I <laughs> this is why I only do yoga. No team sports for me anymore. I like hit puberty <laughs> and turned into a total bitch. <laughs> you just have have the the competitive gene that I just was missing at birth, and I so I don't I'm know. I, I feel like that is gonna per- perhaps make Liv win, but you know what, Danny? Let's rip the band off. <laughs> no, let's rip it let's off. Let's rip the band aid off. Come on, no, let's go. Who knows? Anything could happen. I don't yes. ever think I'm gonna win. So you know what? Let's just let's just go. Let's and on it. that note, let's play book fight. <laughs> um, I'll grab a buzzer from each one of you um, and I'll go to you first, Sarah. What shall your buzzer be? In honour of Mad Woman's Ball, it will be mad. Mad. I love it. Yes. Danny, what shall yours be? In honour of Professor Kathy Wright, Bones. <laughs> mad and Bones. Olivia, you got to stick to the theme here. What do we got? Poppy. I really thought you were going to say wolf. <laughs> I'm just going to howl every time. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> we've got you on. We've got you recorded saying it now, so uh, you have to do it. Oh, no, no I don't. We'll bring it out later. All right, everyone. Let's rip the band-aid off and play book fight. Question one. For one point each, name the author and the book series that this line is taken from. We love our bread. Poppy. oh no i don't know the author i know it's madeline it is madeline correct now that's this is where i'm this is where i'm uh, this is where i'm tripping you up do you know the author there's two points on offer but do you know the author no i'm gonna open it up to either sarah or danny because i feel like i thought you were doing an ad for bread or something no 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 the the line the full line is we love our bread we love our butter but But most of all we we love each other. other Yes, Madeline. It's Madeline. Can anyone name the author? I feel like a terrible failure because I should know this. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, Mad. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't. I can't. I can't remember the author's name. But I feel like I don't know why I think this, but I feel like the last name could be Pryor. No. Shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, damn. I mean, not a swear word. Sugar. Okay. Cool. Um, do, you, do you want to have a go, uh, Danny, at trying to guess the author um, of Madeline? I'd, I'd rather pass. <laughs> is it French? Uh, I mean, is the author French? Yeah. Actually, no. They're, Austri- they're Austrian slash um, Austro-American. Oh. Do I have any takers or are we? Not nah, tell know? us. Her, their name is Ludwig Bemmelmans. 
Never would have gotten it. Yeah, but we'll never forget it. Ludwig. forget it. I've already forgotten it. Ludwig is. Ludwig Benelitz. Such a good name. It is a great name. Question two. What is John Steinbeck's longest novel? Poppy? Yes. Is it The Grapes of Wrath? No. <coughs> mad, mad, mad. Yes. Is it East of Eden? It is that East of Eden. going to be my Correct. Well done. I was tossing up between those two and I was like, it was going to be one of them. I know. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Very good. Question three. Which famous British chef has a surname that is also a male first name? Poppy. Yep. Jamie oh, Oliver. Jamie oh. Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Danny. I love Jamie Oliver. <laughs> I, have a, I have a chef crush on him. Yeah. <laughs> Technically, Gordon Ramsay could count. Ramsay's a first oh, name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What would you have done if someone said Gordon Ramsay? Actually, oh, well, I like... Oi, Panini te- head. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for Jamie Oliver. <laughs> I'm tempted, to give, you, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm to tempted to give you an extra point, but you don't need any more no, advantage than you do right points, now. No. So I'm just no. going so gonna... to... Wasn't, I wasn't point searching us. <laughs> I just wanted to call you a panini head. You don't do what, like... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's no, better than... It's better than look, I'll, every time. I'll, it's every better time than Amy... I forget my buzzer. It, it's better than Amy saying, can you just edit that out? <laughs> 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 All right. Question four. Lee Child announced his retirement in 2020 <gasps> from the Jack Reacher book series. Oh, no. However, mm-hmm. he announced the series will continue to be written by whom? Poppy. Yep. Andrew Child, his brother. Andrew Child, his brother. I'll give you that, but what's his actual name? What? He has like, so this Andrew is Child. What I knew I the question would be. I, don't, I can't remember. I'll give you, look, I'll give you, you are correct, but just, th- just to get a chance for an extra point for Danny or Sarah, uh, he is going by the name Andrew Child for the Jack Reacher books, but he already is, he's also an author in his own right, and he goes by another name. Oh, God, he is too. Oh, no. Yeah, so, I don't know. That. Hence my oh, no. The second you said Lee Child. <laughs> Danny, do you want to have a go? Oh, I don't know. I wish I knew. <laughs> I, I know, like I know, I know at some point, but I cannot. Uh, I, I know, I know. Anyone? Um, is, it, is it, is it, oh. It's a really. It's still Andrew, isn't it? It's it is still Andrew. It is still Andrew. And, and okay. if, 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 if it makes you help, it's, it can be a name that can also be a first name. Uh, Jamie Oliver. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew uh, Oliver. Is, is it Andrew? Andrew Grant? It is Andrew Grant. <laughs> well done. <laughs> well done. Andrew Grant is the correct answer and Danny you is on the board. doubt in my voice. Yeah, I, was I know. Like, I'm so wrong. That was awesome. <laughs> well done. Question five. Uh, for an extra two points, how many books are there in the Jack Reacher series? Oh, Poppy. Ooh. Poppy. Is it 27? No, unfortunately oh, it is not. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Are we up to... We're near that. Yeah, we, we're very close. It is 25. <laughs> Correct. Oh, so close. Yes, very good. We are nearing uh, the halfway point. Currently, what? Sarah and Olivia are neck and neck on three points each. And Danny is currently on one point. But don't worry, you have plenty of time to catch oh, up. I'm actually happy just to get on one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question six is the hardest question that has ever oh, been done no. for Book Fight. What? Oh. For three points. Answer this book trivia question. What do Bernadine Evaristo, Denise Mina, and Gillian Flynn have in common? What? And if you have, uh, if you want, I can throw it open to a clue, but that'll move it down to two points. You're hardcore. What tonight. do Bernadine Evaristo, Denise Mina, and Gillian Flynn 
have in common? Amazing books. Yes. They are all women. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that, that that's technically true, but it's not what the answer is I was looking for I'm here. Not the wrong. clue. The, I'll, I'll throw it out to a clue. It involves books. It involves a book. T- involves book titles. <gasps> Poppy. Yes. Oh. They all have a book with girl in the title. Yes, they do. <laughs> Correct. Oh. Well, girl, well woman, other. Go on, girl, and I'm sorry, I don't know the third. So Denise Mina actually, okay, so it, it feels like a bit of a cheat when I when I found when I found this question, uh, but uh, Denise Mina is actually responsible for writing the graphic novel version of the girl with the dragon tattoo from the oh, Millennium series. That's really that's very cool. Yeah, that's very mm. hard though. It is very hard. <laughs> so, question seven: What is the name of the new book from British comedian Daniel Howe? Uh, oh, silence. Yeah, not a comedy crowd, are we? No. <laughs> <laughs> We're very not unfunny. After, <laughs> it's a, it's, not after all the books we just recommended. <laughs> <laughs> is there any murder in this book? <laughs> no, it isn't. It isn't. There is no murder in this book. How would we know, Nick? How would we know? It's, well, it's um, about to come out. Oh. It's about to come out and it's, it's, it's selling quite well. It's in Booktopia's top ten. Hi, I'm the oh, sorry, I realize I realize you're in a, I realize you're at an, at a disadvantage there, Danny. Sorry. Yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> oh, I, was, I literally just did an email proving this. What is it called? Anyone? It's the yellow and black cover. Yes, that is a yellow and black cover. Did you get a point for that? No. <laughs> I know. See, I know. I know. Liv is. I see. I know. Liv here, so I don't want to like give her anything. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I got nothing. Yeah, I got nothing. Danny, will you have... give us like a hint? The first. It invo- Something? Uh, I will, but I, the moment I give her the hint, I know Liv is going to pounce on it. Sorry. Uh, so, um, no. I mean, I can give you, I can give you a hint, uh, but because Liv is so, actually, no, Liv's not that far ahead. She could lose still, this game still. So I can't. Yeah. Like, I mean, I can give you a hint. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Throwing it out there, I can give you a hint. It involves a time of day. Oh, this does not help me. It involves a time of day. <laughs> night. Yeah, it does involve night. It does involve. Yeah, the night is in the title. I'm taking one point if someone gets that. Yeah, one it'll be like points. an assist. It'll be like an assisted one point if you get it. No one, no, nothing. Nothing. The name, the name of the book. The name of the book is "You Will Get Through This Night." Oh, damn. Yeah. Yes, okay. You will get through this night. I'm going to give Danny a half point. Nice. She's on one and a half points. Yep. I'm winning. Hell yeah. <laughs> question eight. Our second last question. Ian Fleming is mostly known for the James Bond series. What other famous children's book did he write? Very famous. Uh, oh. Very famous children's book he wrote. Seriously? Oh. Yeah. Super famous? Super famous. From Ian Fleming? From Ian Fleming. Under the name Ian Fleming? Under the name Ian Fleming. Um, oh, 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 bones, bones, yes. bones, 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 bones. Um, oh, I feel stupid to say because I never think I'm right. Yeah. Go. <laughs> Do it, Danny. Go for it. Chitty, chitty. Bang Bang. Yes, it is. Chitty Bang Bang is the correct answer. Oh, my God. I knew Roald Dahl wrote the screenplay I, for I a Bond film. I don't think Sting is right, though. Hmm? I thought that was a musical. No, no, no well, no, it chitty, is. Chitty, it is bang, a musical. Chitty, chitty, bang, bang. It is a musical, but it is based on the book written by Ian Fleming. Did just not be, know that. Just be, <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, no, no, exactly right. Yeah, Ian Fleming in, also so wrote. Is that like a chitty, James chitty, Bond bang, prequel? Actually, yeah. Chitty, chitty, bang, bang. 
All right, that brings us to our final question. And uh, just because I'm so happy that you got that, Danny, you, you get the extra half point. So you're on three <laughs> points now. Um, so currently, Olivia is on. Olivia is on five points. Sarah is on three. Danny is on three. And this can actually now go either. Anyone Ooh. is open to win this with our final question. For one point each, name as many books as you can in Lucinda Riley's Seven Sisters series. Oh, what? man. Name as many books as you can. <sighs> Mad. Yes. I'm pretty sure one of them is called Moon Sister. Yes, you have one. Okay. Oh, the, the <coughs> hidden Sarah, sister? Sarah, you're going to win this. So, sorry? The hidden sister? The hid no, oh, you haven't the got the hidden sister? The forgotten no, sister, something like that. No, you, you're on. You're on the right track. It's the most recent one that you're referring to. The, it's it's not, not the hidden sister. It's not the hidden oh, sister. Okay, wait. Okay, let's Sorry. see. Have, have, have we done missing what sister we already? No, what missing sister already? is what it was. Okay. It's the missing yeah. sister. So currently, moon sister and missing sister. Uh, mad oh, twisted sister. <laughs> Sorry. This is a this is a guess. Is there a sun sister? There is a sun sister. <laughs> Correct. Oh, Puppy, is there a moon sister? <laughs> <laughs> the moon sister, sun sister, and missing sister. There's four more left that open up oh, for grabs. Oh wait, you already got moon sister. God damn. What else could there be? Um, um, um uh, Jupiter sister. Yes. Is there a um, uh, <laughs> <I> really <laughs> reaching? Is there a summer sister? There is not a summer sister. Uh, okay. No, there is not. You can't have sun and oh. summer. What about soul sister? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate that song. <laughs> No, I'm out. Anyone? I tapped no, I out. Tap out. <laughs> I don't know any of them. Olivia, Olivia nothing? No. Oh, wow. Mm. Um, no. Nothing, Danny? Nothing. Nothing? Okay, so, all right, you, all right, we are tapping out. So I would have also accepted, in addition to the Moon Sister, the Sun Sister, and the Missing Sister, which is the one that came out this week, the Pearl Sister, oh, the Shadow... Gnomes. We didn't think of stones. The Shadow, the shadow Sister... <laughs> <gasps> the Storm Sister, and the very first book Ooh. in the series, The Seven Sisters. Oh, for goodness sake. We could wow. have gone through every natural really element, and have. I probably wouldn't have guessed it. Well. <laughs> and number. We just had to go start with one and get to seven. Mm. Uh, well, that brings us to the end of Book Fight, and it was a thriller from start to finish. <laughs> Danny finishes with three points. Sarah with five Olivia just wins with six. Oh, I'm screaming and my skin of my And I would like to point out that, in fact, the real winner is me for knowing that Olivia would win. <laughs> <laughs> it's never been this close. It's never been this close. You, 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 we, we held Liv. Uh, we, we didn't let I Liv run like away with it. I feel like a winner on one and a half, to be honest. This was hard. It, it was. It's always it was hard. hard. I feel like it's always. I was harder than usual. Nick. Yeah, no, no. I it was joking. I was joking to. Uh, I was joking to live. Yeah, I think this is going to be a harder podcast, a harder quiz this week. And she was like, she just didn't even acknowledge it. <laughs> I was like, I can't even. She's think got about her this. eye on the prize. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but don't rest assured you more than made up for it and you represented yourself extremely well and I'm so glad that you got Chitty Chitty Bang Bang that made my day that um, was brand like new that. information to my you brain you didn't know that Ian Fleming no wrote Chitty Chitty Bang Bang that. yeah that's like oh. that's what I learnt today everyone oh, it's really. interesting that some things just you don't even know that you know them and you're like wait yeah. this could be right or I could look like a complete fool but yeah. hey 
Correct. Yeah, you're exactly right. But um, unfortunately, that will bring us to the end of the weekend, Booktopian, for another week. Thank you to my guests for joining us. Especially thank you to Danny uh, for joining us from the Words and Nerds podcast. It's been great to have you. Thanks, it's always Danny. a pleasure. I've missed you guys and it's been so lovely to have to be here again. So thank you for having me. You are welcome back anytime and you, in fact, will be next time <laughs> in the next batch <laughs> around. Um, so be sure to check out all the books that we have mentioned down in the description box. And if you cannot get enough of great book podcasts, we happen to know someone who runs one. Her name is Danny V <laughs> and the links to, to her Words and Nerds podcast is in the description box as well. Check out her latest interviews, including her recent chat with Kathy Rikes on The Bone Code. Gabrielle Tozer on Can't Say It Went to Plan or even get some inside goss with her new show Publishing Insider where she chats with people in the industry. The Weekend Booktopian, meanwhile, was produced by myself, Nick Wasiliev, and you can check out hundreds of episodes on our Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud channels, including our recent interview with Bree Lee. Also, check out Booktopia TV on YouTube or if you cannot get enough of Chained Authors, head to the Booktopian blog curated by Olivia Frico where you can read articles that are published every single day, including our recent review of Malibu Rising by Taylor Jenkins Reid, which comes out next week, correct? Yes. Indeed, as well as our 10 terrifying questions with Brendan James Murray, author of The School. Thank you for listening and never stop reading. Thank you for listening to the Booktopia podcast channel. Don't forget, you can subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes for free and get access to hundreds of author discussions, book analysis pieces and more. Or, if your eyes need a workout, head to Booktopia TV on YouTube. Don't forget, for all books featured in this podcast and for access to a whole bunch of other fun content on our blog, head to Booktopia, Australia's local bookstore at booktopia.com.au Thank you.